Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we have a backstage recording with LinkedIn news editor, Andrew Seaman. We brought in some special members from our Austin Job Seekers meetup group, and they asked some uncommon but amazing questions that can help you in your job search. Some questions such as how do we foster authentic mentor relationships? Who do we reach out to for the job? And what will the pandemic shift look like, specifically in regards to working from home? All right, going to roll that clip. Not much time left to go. Enjoy this with our 191st episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. We are now going to open it up to our group here to see if we do have any questions here. I want to make sure that we are able to take care of the live capability that we purposefully did here for this podcast. I'm actually going to bring in Merrick here. So Merrick, thanks for coming in. Uh, it does take an element of bravery to come in and do these things live, especially when recorded in front of people. So Merrick, hopefully I'm saying your name correctly. Thanks for being here on the show. What question do you have for Andrew today? Thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Matthew, but you can call me Merrick. You've got the nail on the head there. So I am a recent, well, in two weeks, I'll be a recent bootcamp grad. I'm studying UX. I'm super excited. A part of what has me so excited is that there's so much room for growth. And to that end, like, I'm curious to know, you were, you were talking about networking earlier and being true to yourself. Like, what advice would you have about fostering mentor relationships? You know, I want to be intentional with it, but I also want to let something grow naturally. How would you go about starting something like that and really like fostering it, I guess? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great question. And also, I think it's fantastic that you're all in Austin because if I graduated from a coding boot camp, I would want to also be in Austin, <laughs> knowing about the all the companies that are going there. You know, when it comes to mentorship, I think the first thing is knowing exactly what you want to get out of it. Because one thing that I've learned over time is that there are different roles that are played, especially in like traditional offices. There could be a mentor, there could be a sponsor. A sponsor is more of a formal thing that's like, I help you out, you help me out, you know, those sort of things. So I think the first thing is knowing what you want to get out of the relationship. And then also seek people out who you think would give you those attributes. And it's good to pick, I think, a few people because it's not always going to work out. And, you know, if you've gone through like those weird mentoring programs where they match you with someone and they sort of hope for the best, those usually don't work out, I would say, in the majority of times. So pick a few people that you can see being your mentor and giving you those things that you want out of the relationship. And then just start with those small sort of informational interviews or informational meetings that we talked about. And then after a few meetings, you could sort of figure out which ones are going to be the people that you want to gravitate to and who you maybe have a more natural relationship with. And then the other person could still be part of your network, could be a great resource for you. But then, you know, put your effort into the relationship with the person that you want to be your mentor. And at some point you might say, hey, listen, can you mentor me a little bit? And maybe we could set up, you know, standing appointments. And then over time, I think that that grows and that becomes organic. So it's a way to be strategic about it and also have the natural rhythm of a mentor relationship build on its own. I think I did that unintentionally and I have a few good mentors that I got out of that process. So I think, you know, combining the best of both worlds is probably the best path forward. Thank you so much. Of course. Thanks for asking. Perfect. Thanks so much for joining, Matthew. I appreciate it. And sorry for calling you Merrick. 
Merrick is actually a really cool name. So you can go by either one. Merrick's my name. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we have just three more questions here. Sorry for the folks who are commenting right now. We'll, if we do miss any of your questions, we will go back and answer. I know there's going to be some posted. But before I bring Daniel to speak on the Austin Job Seekers, their behalf for a second here, I just wanted to call out a question that Ryan had. He said, with regards to recruiters, is it worth reaching out directly via in-mail or something similar to discuss a potential opportunity prior to applying? Or should the formal application always precede reaching out to a recruiter? So I think in Ryan's case, he's talking about the order of things. Do you have any recommendations for the ordering? I think that's a tough one. In my ex- my own experience and what I know is that it really depends on the organization and what you plan for the recruiter to help you with. I assume most recruiters are going to tell you that you need to apply through the system that they want, especially if you don't have a relationship with that recruiter ahead of time. They're just going to say, you know, we could talk after, but you're going to need to apply. If you know someone at the company, if you have a relationship with someone that you could reach out to who maybe give you a referral, you should probably reach out to them first because the company may have an inside sort of strategy, or if you will, that says you have the person on the inside who you're reaching out to needs to check a button or something in some system before you apply, or maybe needs to send you a special link to do a referral. So if you know someone inside the company who will give you that link, you should reach out to them first. If you're going to reach out to the recruiter and you don't have that existing relationship, I don't think it really matters on either side from what I could tell and what I've seen. It probably doesn't hurt to reach out, but they'll probably tell you to apply through the main system if you don't have that existing um, connection. Perfect. That makes a lot of sense. Thanks for bringing that to light. So Daniel, pop back on here. What other questions do you have for Andrew? Hello. Thank you so much. So I actually had a couple of people, these questions were, they just said that they're actually willing to come on live. So I'm just actually <laughs> waiting for them to just get the link to come backstage and then we'll bring them on. That makes sense. We'll pop back to you in a second here, but we do have George coming in here. We'll welcome you to our LinkedIn live stage here to ask a question. Hello. How are you guys doing? Hello. Awesome talk. I learned quite a bit, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you watching. I'm curious. This is less about finding a job, but more industry trends. With the pandemic, there's more remote working, and I'm in tech as well. And I'm wondering how you see that lasting. Like, it seems to me, well, I prefer the idea of working at home and the idea that, you know, it's got some advantages and disadvantages and some learning curves. But I think the advantages both for worker and the company personally, I feel they outweigh it. I'm just wondering where you see that heading because of the pandemic and if it will have lasting power and perhaps expand. Yeah. So I think from what I've read, you know, we're not going to go back to what we thought was normal. One of the most enlightening things I read recently was from the Wall Street Journal. They did a summary of basically what CEOs have said about work from home. And a lot of them were in tech. And I think the person who disliked it most was Reed Hastings from Netflix. I could see where he's coming from as someone who works at a company that's tech, but also very arts driven. He wants people in the room. He wants them to be able to be in person and bounce ideas off each other. So I completely understand that. 
And But the overall trend with all the CEOs that they talked to, so people in finance, Tim Cook was included in there, and some of them were just aggregated quotes that they've heard over the pandemic, was that they still like the idea of having people in an office for various reasons. And but they all basically said, listen, we know it's not going to go back to normal. So I think there's going to be that like hybrid that's going to emerge. I think, you know, there's a lot of companies that are saying, you know, we'll be back in the office in six months. We'll be in the office in, in July. And I think no one knows those are arbitrary dates. So right now, I think if you're working from home, you're probably going to stay working from home. If you're a frontline worker, obviously, it's a different situation. But I think most CEOs and most large companies that had offices are going to want to see their employees come back at some point. And then, you know, one thing that I heard, and I forget where I heard it, was an economist who said, listen, the things that brought people together in offices or the things that brought people to large cities, you know, over all these many, many decades is going to bring them back again. So there are going to be people who pull back together. So there are parents who, Frankly, they just want to be in an office to get away from their kids because they can't get work done. So it's going to be a mix. We're not going to go back to where we were. But I know, at least from these large CEOs that the Wall Street Journal talked about, they all basically said, listen, we do need to be back in the office in some form eventually. Fortunately, a lot of companies can do that. But I think there's going to be a lot more understanding to let people stay home if they want to. So I know people who've like moved across the country and they sort of said, we'll figure it out when they call us back to the office. Well, it's interesting because it seems that one of the advantages for the employer would be to hire from a larger pool of people and get the best talent. Definitely. It seems like that would be, I mean, I guess I don't know how they balance, but, you know, I do know that some people do like, like to be in an office environment. Certainly, it's a different management style to manage people remotely, but there's also ways to do it and build the office culture, but just do it remotely. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think there's a lot of investment probably in people figuring out how to do that. Um, because a lot of these companies, I don't think have done it before. But if they have, it, it might have been one or two employees here and there that were work from home. But, you know, I think they're going to be more open to it. There's probably a, a bunch of investment to figure out how you manage hybrid teams. So it'll be interesting to see. They also might find themselves behind the curve if other companies are doing it and getting more talented people. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much. Of course. Thank you. Thanks so much, George. Perfect. So I just want to thank George for coming on here. I'm going to bring our good friend, Daniel, always my right-hand man here, just to ask on Sarah's behalf. She had a good question here. But Daniel, let's hear it. Here I am again. All right, Andrew. So I have a question here from Sarah in our group. So she has two kind of related questions. So number one she is asking, um, what should you do when you see that a company has taken down a job post because they've received too many submissions? Do you have any options there? Is there anything you can do? And also, what should you do when you're applying for a job and it seems like they'd want to hire somebody who is younger, even if they'd have less experience? Well, I think the first question is you could always reach out. I'm a big fan of just, you know, the worst they could say is, no, we're not going to consider anyone else. Or, you know, we took it down because we already selected someone. So you can reach out and, you know, Worst case scenario, that's what they say. Best case scenario, they say, hey, listen, we might have something else for you or you form a connection. You could always say, I would love to learn more about the company. And, you know, I had some questions that I hope to get in an interview. So that could be something that you do. As for sort of the experience question, I think it depends. You might be putting too much on the hiring manager and the company. It's difficult to know what they're thinking and what their strategy is going to be. 
So I wouldn't go into those situations thinking that they're going to automatically go for someone with less experience who might be cheaper. So I would go in there sort of saying, make the case for why your value is worth it. So, you know, you could say, you know, and don't think you have to frame it that way because you automatically put that into their mind, but make the case that you're going to be worth the value that you're requesting for a salary. So don't go in there with the preconceived notion that they want to hire someone younger or someone with less experience. Um, One of the things that I was taught many years ago that has really helped me is that when you frame things like that, so if you sort of want to get ahead of a situation and you say, you know, oh, I'm sorry to ask this or something like that, you automatically sort of taint the conversation. So if you go in there and you make the case for yourself without sort of, you know, talking about ageism or anything like that, you're probably more likely to succeed because maybe they weren't thinking about that. But you said, hey, other person might be cheaper and they might go, hey, they are cheaper. So you'll want to sort of not put that thought in their head. That's a really good question, Daniel. I'm glad you asked it on her behalf, because honestly, one of my top five questions that I get asked actually surrounds age and age discrimination, which is it's sad because I think about where people's concerns and worries are. And I know it's something that people actually struggle with. You know, it's one of those things that you do what you can, but keep your head up and don't make that a central thing for you, I think is really important. So Daniel, thanks for popping on here. Just going to end it real quick. Yeah, I can't thank you enough, Andrew, for coming on the show and doing this. And I wanted to hear if you had any, like, what's the number one way people can keep in touch with you and what you're up to doing next? Yeah, so everyone can follow me on LinkedIn, obviously. So just search for Andrew Seaman. Andrew, I might have my middle initial in there, M. You know, you can find me, you can follow me, you can follow Get Hired. Join me on my live conversations every Friday. If you're trying to get in touch with me, you can send me an in-mail. In-mail inbox is sometimes a little bit of a mess, but if you tag me somewhere or you have a question, that sometimes gets through. And there's also an email, gethired at linkedin.com. That is sometimes easier to get me. Send a few messages to me and and bear with me and I'll, I'll try to get back to you as quickly as possible. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. You're very gracious to give out the recommendation for people to get in touch with you that way. So thanks for just having a service heart and being there to help out our job seeker community. Of course. Thanks for having me. You take care. You too. Perfect. So that concludes today's LinkedIn live stream slash career warrior podcast episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We want to make these episodes as value packed as possible. So leave us a comment or shoot me a message yourself about what I can do to get you the content that you deserve the best possible content. I will link sure to link Andrew's LinkedIn in the description of this podcast. If you are listening to the podcast or below, I want to make sure you're safe, whether you're jogging or driving, just make sure you pull over and check out those links afterwards. But can't thank you all enough. Thanks so much for tuning in. And hopefully we'll see a lot more of these in the future. All right, podcast. So that wraps it up for today. So glad we had Andrew to give his insight. He's just amazing and has spoken with, oh gosh, I mean, I don't know how many career people and job seekers out there. So the wisdom that comes from Andrew, we know is good wisdom that you can use in your own job search. If you found this episode to be useful, please subscribe and leave a review. My two favorite things to keep myself in, to keep you engaged with us in this podcast episode. Can't thank you enough for being a part of our journey and our legacy here with the Career Warrior podcast. As a reminder, this is our only episode of the week. We are moving to weekly Monday episodes so we can focus on more engagement and more quality episodes. So our next episode will be Monday morning, bright and early. Can't wait to see you then.